Guess who? And guess what? Footy Prime is launching a gin, and we're having a party to celebrate. Thursday, June 6th, join the whole FP crew for Footy Prime's one-night stand at Nickel Nine Distillery in Toronto. Come celebrate Footy Prime's one-ball gin with Nickel Nine Distillery mixologists on hand, Charmin's proper pies, meet and greet and photo ops with your favorite primers, and a live Atska's Almost Anything podcast. Footy Prime's one-night stand, June 6th at 7 p.m. till when we kick you out. Tickets at eventbrite.ca. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Oi, the boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Andy, Jimmy, and JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty, it's time to get this party started tonight. You're listening to This Just In on Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Hey, you guys ever, have you ever thought what your mum would do if, if you got in like real bad trouble? You know, and if if the whole world was against you, would, would she turn her back on you? Would she support you? Would she go on a hunger strike? What would it be, do you think? Depends on what She'd we did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, let's put it into context here. So, Luis Rubiales, Mr. Popular, um, today his mum has locked herself in a church and is on hunger strike defending her boy who's been treated so unfairly. Mm. Mm. Yeah, my mum would probably double down until she's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what she gets, really hungry. She'd join Bob Barker up in the stars. Who, by the like- way, we found out this weekend wasn't already dead. <laughs> and and Sharps is happy about it. Happy that he was alive. Yes. Not happy that he's dead now. But no. I thought he died like years ago. I, I really. I did. thought he died so, during the pandemic too. During yeah. the pandemic, I had a feel like I thought didn't he die like in 2020? That's what I thought. I think so. I, well, I guess he didn't. I told you <laughs> this weekend. Yeah, I feel like Bob Barker. The, uh, Bob Barker was everybody's like sick day caregiver. Like anytime you went home sick from school, you had Bob Barker to watch on TV. Especially in the seventies and eighties, yeah. he was our babysitter. Literally, didn't he like, always yeah. look the same as well? He, he always did. Look old. Yeah, yeah. Well, he had brown hair, and then it went oh, straight to white, and he embraced the white. 
at like 40 years old. So was he fighting it? Was he dying it for a long time? No, no I don't suddenly, no, I don't think so. I think he, well, he did go from dark to like that kind of orangey brown, that auburn color that you're like, oh, I think he's dying it. And then all of a sudden it was full on white. Mm-hmm. And he embraced it for 50 years, the white. He was he was born at 60. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Footy Prime. It's Wonga and JC's here. Craig Forrest is here. I'm James Sharman. Jimmy Brennan should be joining us shortly. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll get to the games. This is the important stuff. The whole Spanish nonsense continues to tick, 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 tick over. He's being suspended by FIFA. Still nothing from UEFA. Uh, there's another emergency meeting coming for the Spanish Federation, and yeah, his mum, his mum is now on hunger strike. Um, this following all the staff from the national team, um, aside from Jorge Vildas, resigning over the weekend. So yeah, it's, it's pretty nasty. But yeah, let me ask you, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy, um, yeah. your mum, she loves you. W- would she go on a hunger strike for you if you were, in her mind, unfairly maligned? No, she wouldn't. <laughs> you let me suffer. She likes the full Monty breakfast too much. She loves to eat. Are you crazy? <laughs> you like, fend for yourself, son. <laughs> what did you do now? <laughs> no chance she would go a day without food. <laughs> Well, this hunger strike is interesting. I tell you one thing, though. Talk about overshadowing the actual win of the World Cup. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. No, it's it. ridiculous. Honestly, God. I got a huge eye infection right now. It's killing me, and it's not DBS. What's DBS? Dirty, dirty bum syndrome. <laughs> you mean you've been sticking your eye a little bit too closely? Yeah. Or just wiping your my, eye. My son farted on my pillow. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Come close to the camera. Let's have a look at it. Is it a sty? Do you have yeah. eye drops? Are you doing eye yeah. drops? Yeah, I got eye drops. It says like put two drops in, but I can't get it down pat. You know, I'm just putting these two drops and it's i end up with about 25 in there so it probably makes it a little bit worse i got you too much your load arm. yeah yeah that's exactly what it's like it's all or nothing with me well i hear that the new you know it's kind of like the <laughs> same fixes same so have your son or your daughter fart on your eye again and it fixes it <laughs> <laughs> you have to double down just yeah. like the hunger strike yeah. It's nothing worse eh, than a, than an eye infection. You know, uh, got all the grit in there. You want to just rub it so hard, but you can't because that makes it worse. Well, the problem is because where, wherever you go, it's you know, it's kind of like awesome powers. Remember, molly, 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 molly. Like they just people just stare at it, don't they? Mm-hmm. And they're looking at you, and they're like, "What's you're right? Oh, you're right." Well, you know, I have what? a recurring, I have a recurring it, um, eye thing. It's it's awful. About two or three times yeah. a year, I had one about a month ago, actually. And it's been Riff. since 2005. It's it's from the chickenpox virus, they reckon. It's basically the the you're gonna laugh at the herpes complex, whichever the one is for the the, uh, the cold sore, not the seven. other one. I'm a, um, I'm, a, I'm a champion of that. That's herpes complex seven. Is it seven? Is it? No, no, it's you, you have no idea. <laughs> but it pops up in my eye when 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 my immune system is dropped, whatever. Yes, in my eye, and to the point I've got scarring on my eyeball. 
which is which is getting close to the cornea now. So I get it checked every every few months. Yeah, it's not great. So I've got to try and stay healthy to keep my immune system up. Otherwise, it drops. And this thing freaking comes out and manifests in my mm-hmm. eye. And you're so a picture you of health. You can get cold sores in your eye. Cold sore in his eye. Essentially, yeah, it's the same virus. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, you guys are disgusting. So no, no, if, yeah, I think <laughs> if, I think I think your cold sore in your eye is DBS. That's what it is. It might be. That's maybe maybe how it started. <laughs> Two thousand and five. I was in um, Barbados covering a cricket match of all things, and I got the most horrendous strep throat of my life, and and that's the first time that my eye. Actually, both my eyes popped up. I remember flying home in agony in my throat, like glass shards, and both my eyes are almost swollen shut. Craig, you remember, don't you? At Sportsnet, I came to work a couple of times. My eye just, yeah. just disaster. Yeah. The whole side of your head just like starts ringing and hurting. Yeah. It's, it's an awful thing. I was surprised you're still alive. It's unbelievable. The doctors are too. How self-conscious are you when that happens? Massive. Like Jimmy right now, like I'm I'm looking at Jimmy's left eye to your left eye, right, Jimmy? Yeah. Um, it doesn't look too bad. But yeah, if your whole disgusting. face is blown up because of it, are you like ice packing? Are you telling them to are you leaning a certain way for the camera? Yeah, I'm doing a zoolander over the right shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Sharms, what about you? Like, did you like? Did you go shoot me a certain way? Yeah, no, tons of makeup, but the whole side of my head was kind of swollen and just kind of angled my head. But yeah, it's, it's extremely self, very self conscious over it. I mean, Jimmy, right now, Jimmy can't leave the house right now. It's disgusting. No, no he's got one he's got step a- away from elephantitis. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a monster. <laughs> uh, Quasi Brennan. <laughs> hey, good games this weekend, huh? Yeah. What do you want to start? Should we start with um, Never in Doubt Darwin? From apes oh. to humans to world class strikers. Man, it was crazy, wasn't it? 2 1 Liverpool, down a man, down 1 0. Late in the game, and comes Darwin Nunez, scores, and then deep into stoppage time, scores another. Jurgen Klopp said it's the, like, one of the craziest matches ever been involved in. Is that right, eh? Yeah. They've come a long way since they conceded that first goal against Bournemouth at home when you were like, oh, I can't believe it. This oh is going to be one God. of those teams. Eh? Half an yeah, hour later, he's like, or the title. <laughs> 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 hey, they, they've played, so they've played 270 minutes of football this season, right? 94 have been with 10 men. Because of McAllister's uh, That's right. That's right. rescinded uh, red card last week. Mm-hmm. Allison made seven saves, the most ever for him in, in the Premier League. I always find that interesting, don't you, when you, you hear these goalkeeper stats? Seven saves. It doesn't seem very much to me, as if it might be the easiest position on the field, Craig. <laughs> That's right. He just lied mouthed us. <laughs> we don't have to run. Can have a smoke at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No, no, no one expects you to save most of the yeah. shots, do they? It's so true. Like you, you think of hockey, he had 31 saves. Let him two goals, or and then there's football words. He made seven saves. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> well, if I if I was like Shrek in goal, 
and it filled the net like the hockey goalies, well, then I'd probably I wouldn't concede anything. <laughs> there must have been games, though, when you literally did nothing, right? Like, literally, do you feel guilty in the, the room teams I played, There's teams I played for, not too many. I did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a couple. It's true, though. Like, you know, you play games where you just totally dominate the game, and then you it ends up, you know, you don't concede, clean sheet, and then the keeper comes off and they're like, oh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> what do you mean you're fucking exhausted? <laughs> you never said that. <laughs> you got to shout a lot, though, right? I suppose you got to yell to organize your defense, right? That's not easy. Shouting for ninety minutes, you try and do that. It's not easy. Yeah. Our no, training I, is I, all I, done away on the training ground when nobody's watching. Charles. <laughs> oh, that's what the work is. Okay, that's when the work's put in. Didn't someone say once that professional footballers, you're paid to train, not to play, because everyone would play for free. They love playing football, but you're paid to train. Yeah. And did you did you notice the weather a few of those games on the weekend? You basically had all four seasons in a half an hour. <laughs> yeah. Climate's fine, though. I, I, I'll tell you this, Sharms. The next time you, you're at a football match and one team's dominating, right, and the weather's a little bit chilly, Okay, and it, the keeper doesn't get much action. You turn back and you look at the goalkeeper. You know what they're doing? They're just running box to box, like side to side of the box, just to warm up. To stay warm. <laughs> <laughs> you look back and you just see them going for a little jog just to keep warm. <laughs> so next time I'm at a match where a team's being dominated, okay, I'll, I'll go to TFC in the next couple of weeks. Then, okay, yeah, we'll have a look. <laughs> and then watch look. the opposition goalkeeper. <laughs> um, yeah, Wonga, there was a, wasn't there a, a male sacker regarding this this Liverpool match? There was, but it was uh, so Dave Starkey. I, uh, let me see. I, let me see if I can read it completely out. But it was about uh, red cards and and teams being down um, and still playing really really well because I think it was the Arsenal match too. That God, who picked that? Was that Amy who picked Arsenal? No, I think it was my oh. pick. I really do. Oh, really? Well, I mean, sure. Arsenal are home to Fulham. Were they up a man, up a goal? Come it did on. seem pretty safe. It did, didn't it? Yeah. That's that's a Yeah, game. I mean, they were, they were down uh, two to ten men, and then that's when Polinia scored in the 87th, right, to, to tie it up and share the points. And, of course, um, in, in the, the Liverpool game, Van Dijk got red-carded. Trent Alexander-Arnold probably should have done, although it'd be a bit contentious, but he wasn't. But still, after the match, Trent said that sometimes when you play with 10 men, it actually, you actually play better. It brings a team together in a weird kind of way, which kind of, I think, led to, to Starker's uh, comment, which Wonger's still frantically trying no, to find. No, I got it, I got it now. So, uh, hashtag Wonger's mail sack. How did the three pros during their careers, Amy's not here right now, think their teams handled going down a player? I've been seeing a trend that when a team goes down a player... They play stronger, Liverpool being today's example. It's a great question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It may, you make a very good point about, you know, when you are down a man uh, that you you know exactly what you have to do. You know, you bunker in, and it's kind of a, it's a challenge amongst the group, you know, to uh, to hold a fort and see if you can create something. It's uh, 
I can see why they do it. And it's not like other sports like hockey or something when you're put into the penalty box or the sin bin, as they call it in England. Um, it's, a, you know, five against four as opposed to 11 against 10. And in football, you just drop one of your forward players, really, and then nothing much changes defensively. Yeah. Offensively, it kind of cuts you off a little bit. But if you have some pace and you got some quality up front, like Nunes, you can see what happens on the odd occasion. It doesn't happen often, though. Yeah. No, I agree with you. It's it it is it is it is that challenge where you've got to dig in, and it's kind of one of those things where you just everybody's working together. You know, you're you're putting a little shift in. It's a challenge. You're not going to let them score. You come together a little bit more. And and listen, don't get me wrong. I've been on the other end too, where you get a man sent off, and we got absolutely pumped. Floodgates <laughs> opened. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. But that's a great I, I wanna I wanna know about that part too. Does as that can galvanize a team when you a man down. Uh, oppositely when the other team goes a man down. I yeah. mean, like Arsenal, how like you have to th- there's almost a, a sense of we have to pull this together too. Like how do you yeah. how does that work? Yeah, it's it's funny too, right? Because it's almost like um when, when that player gets sent off and you're on the pitch and you're looking at your, your teammates and you're like, okay, let's go. The gaffer yells over, you change your formation. You're like, all right, all right, let's go. Let's dig in. And I think it's more when the opposition feel, and then there could be maybe 35 minutes left or whatever there is in the match, where the opposition all of a sudden now feel like, oh, we have to we have to go. We have to get at them now. We have to get at them. And then you're prepared for it and you 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 bunker in, you get tight and you make it difficult for them. I think it's the opposite where the the opposition, where they're more patient with their play, that's where they make it more difficult for you when, you when you're defending because then you're like, oh, man, these guys are just keeping the ball. We're moving side to side. They start making you run more. But if they start going a little bit more direct because they feel that they have to, have to get a goal, then that's when it becomes uh, more of a challenge and a little bit more easier for you when you're defending. Hey, Jimmy, that makes sense. Yeah, no, hundred yeah, percent does. Yeah, yeah. Did you, as a, as a, when you were playing on defense, so Jimmy, did you prefer defending or attacking from your fullback position when you're playing in that position? Oh, attacking all day long. Yeah, yeah, attacking. So when when you went down a man, it wasn't like okay, it's a challenge. You kind of got up for it. You were yeah. like more like ah, oh, Christ, there goes our attack. No, it was uh, yeah, of course you, you you can't get forward as freely as you like. Um, but then you, you do that sort of stuff in training a lot as well, where you, you're, you're defending a man down, right? You'll, you maybe you'll play a, a back four with two holding midfielders in front, right? So then you might have seven attackers that are coming at your six, or you might have eight attackers coming at that six and you keep, you're, you're always defending with numbers up. And so that's well, you where- could be like, you could be like West Ham a couple of occasions. I was involved with games where. Got one man sent off, and a few of the lads were like, "Fuck this! I'm going to kick a few," and you end up with another one sent off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's I remember John, John Moncur got sent off at Tottenham, and it was it was a straight red, no questions about it, scissor kick around the waist height, and his dad was actually a youth coach at Spurs, and as he was walking off the field, it was a disgraceful challenge. <laughs> as he was walking off the field, his dad. 
he's coming off as a West Ham player at Spurs, and his dad meets him in the tunnel like, John, what are you doing? And he just gave him the old custard pie where he put his hand in his face, pushed him away. Not now, dad. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Hey, I watched the the Peter Crouch documentary last night. Have you seen this one on Prime? You guys would love it. You'd love it because it's kind of really in your era, a lot of his, his early days. And his dad's got quite a prominent role in the documentary, and and they had a pretty difficult relationship because his dad was really hard on him as a kid. But it's a really great documentary. You see, you see Crouchy now, right? This huge personality, you know, he's so funny. Nothing gets to him, right? But he really breaks yeah. down how difficult it was for him as a young kid, being six foot seven or whatever he was, and how he was just you know hammered by the fans and not accepted, and how difficult he had it. But it's a really interesting documentary, and it takes you to the the other side of of Peter Crouch. Was it was his dad's uh, arms like twelve feet long too? He was sitting down. I was trying to see is he tall. He must be tall, right? But he didn't seem and he didn't seem like Crouchy by any stretch. Not like a freak. Well, that was one of the terms that perhaps you shouldn't be using, Craig. <laughs> hey, hey, when you're somebody that's almost looks like Peter Crouch, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> well, yeah, when you scored 100 Premier League goals, your son, then, yeah, I think he answered yeah. his critics. And that's, yeah. you know, the robot celebration he, he pulled out and became, you know, almost bigger than him. He said that was almost like, a, you know, giving the middle finger to all those those detractors. Now he's scoring goals, he's playing for England, and he's enjoying himself. He doesn't care anymore. It, it was great. Yeah, yeah. He was underrated. He really was. People took the piss out of him, but he was he was actually a very good player. Oh, really he good was. Player. Yeah. His, he, you had him, Jimmy, right? At uh, Norwich on loan, didn't you? Yeah, he was my teammate, yeah. His feet were unbelievable. You could ping it into him. And for, for a big man, his touch was um, was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Just ridiculous. What a touch he had for the size of him. Yeah, well, great. Give me, give do yourself a favor and, and watch that documentary because, uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. You know what's um, interesting, uh, Charms, about that? I'll add to that. It, you know, the father being really tough on them. Uh, I mean, Jimmy can talk about his home father, but I know that my dad was tough on me at times as well. But to be honest with you, most of the times it was, it was deserved. And that, bit of guidance and sometimes i'm not sure as how bad his dad was of course and some of them go too far but you do need a little bit of that sometimes when you're being pushed or you're you know do you really want to do this yeah. you know this job do you want to you're willing to work hard enough and sometimes you take a little bit of a licking from your parents or your my dad was like that and yeah. and okay. uh put me in my place sometimes and i don't think it was a bad thing to a certain level but there are levels that go way too far Andre Agassi, a good example. Yeah. No, my, my parents were the exact same. They were hard. They pushed me. I think when the when they realized that this is what I wanted to do and they realized that you've, you've got a talent, you've got something, that's when my parents said, okay, now now we're going to be pushing you. Now we're going to be hard on you. And they were. They were, they were hard on me. They pushed me. Um, yeah. But you need that. You need that as a, as a, as a young kid. You know, because sometimes, sometimes it's easy for you to take the, the foot off the pedal and you you don't realize sometimes that you do have that ambition and you need you need your parents to, to get behind you and push you and be hard on you and discipline you. There's nothing wrong with that. No. And, and one of the reasons being is when you get to the, that type of level, 
they're not easy on you at, at all. It's not, no, you're not playing for fun anymore, you know, and those coaches and how harsh they are on you, it's going to catch you by surprise if you've been pampered your whole life and you're yeah. not ready for that crit- criticism because you're going to get it really yeah. pretty, right in your face criticism. So, and the thing is, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, when you look at the way it is today with the, with these young players, they're, they're pampered so much, and then you get in the professional environment. It's a job now. Now you have to perform. And the, the coaches are hard on you. Players are hard on you. Your own teammates. The fans are hard on you. You have to be able to deal with all that. Mm-hmm. And if you've been pampered your whole life, you've got no chance of dealing with it. And one thing I've noticed, like even back in our day, if the kit man, I mean, they got millions of people working for him, but if the kit man gets off the bus, he's been driving, and he starts l- unloading the, the bus, you, you got off the bus and you asked if there's any help. You grab something, you grabbed a bag of balls, you grab some medical equipment, you grab something, you go, you help out. Just naturally, you just do this. And I think that was installed in us in the youth team because, you know, you had to do jobs and you had to help out. And nowadays, you get told, like, talk to guys that are dealing with players at our age. They just walk right by them. It's not even something that crosses their mind. They got their little Louis Vuitton little bag and off they go to the dressing room and don't even think that maybe I should just help out. It's not a big thing, but it's just something that I think is part of that discipline that we used to get that they don't get anymore. Yeah. I would never, ever pick up a bag. Sorry, I would never, ever pick up a bag. Fuck that. I am a (laughs) superstar. I'm getting off the bus. I don't care if I'm the 24th out of 25 players. And and you left it on the sidewalk. And whose fault is that? <laughs> Maybe you should have grabbed the it bag. It was the kit man. It was the kit man <laughs> left my bag. Yeah. Um, in, in Crouchy's case, though, um, his dad was saying that the biggest issue with him, he knew he could play, obviously, from a young age, but he said he was just too nice. Crouchy was too nice. He, he wasn't prepared to get dirty and, and get stuck in. And that was the biggest problem that his dad had with him and tried to put that and that's that's valid right i mean you want to play fairly and to the rules but like his dad said and you guys can comment on this to be a professional footballer right at at the top level you've got to be a bit of a dick as well you have to be on the pitch you can't be nice all the time no you can't be you have to have that little bite you have to have you play on an edge you have to have a a little bit of nasty in you that 100 you do Mm mm-hmm I remember uh, somebody who didn't really have that. He was just a really, really good player, and he never never was nasty, and that's Frank Yallop, former national team player. Obviously, he brought in David Beckham when he was coach of LA Galaxy in MLS. He was just the nicest guy in the world, and he just didn't have it. Although on the field, he, he, he was a little – he was obviously tougher, but when it came to off it, he, he, he just wasn't that person. And Bobby Ferguson, who took over after Bobby Robson at Ipswich, just – Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Would not leave him alone. He, and he needed to. I remember Terry, remember Terry Butcher, captain of England, playing for Ipswich. He said to Frank, he said, Frank, if you keep taking this from Bobby, he's going to keep giving it for you. You're going to have to stand up for yourself. So Frank's like, well, okay, okay, all right. So finally there's a training session, and Frank plays one from right back. He plays one right into feet, into the striker. And uh, Bobby Ferguson stops the play in the training ground. Stop, stop, stop. Yallop. In behind. Get the ball in behind, you idiot. So ball continues. Frank doesn't say anything. The game continues on. Frank gets the ball, puts one in behind. No, no, Yallop, play it to feet. <laughs> <laughs> so Frank's like, all of a sudden out of the blue, Frank finally says something. Never say anything for 15 years. All of a sudden Frank's like, hey, Bobby, if there's, is there anything else while you're at it? And Bobby's like, oh, hold on, lads. Hold on. He, he starts walking across the field. He's right on the other side of the pitch. Starts walking off and he's hammering Frank. I don't like you as a player. I never liked you as a person. Your eyes are too close together and I can't trust you. <laughs> and, he, and Frank doesn't say anything. He walks back and all Frank says to Terry is, thanks, thanks, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes are too close together. You know what? I think I have all the impressions that we do on this show. And JC nails in most of them. that They're brilliant. But my favorite is, is Craig's Bobby Ferguson impression. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> For sure. I don't even know how Bobby Ferguson spoke. I have no idea. But only through <laughs> Craig's impression. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, if any of you lads let me down today, you'll never play for me again. Go enjoy it, my babies. <laughs> yeah. uh, by the way, um, uh, Harry Redknapp is really front and center of this documentary as well, Craig. Because Crouchy goes, he was the manager that that believed in him, the one guy, and that's changed his career. When he went back to um, Southampton, he was in Southampton, struggling there, had a right. big money move from Villa, and um, wasn't playing. Then in comes Harry mid-season, changes everything, and then subsequently Harry brought him to Portsmouth, back to Tottenham again, and it's it's, it's nice to see it's interesting having that one guy that truly believed in you. Did you have any of that? I mean, <laughs> maybe not Bobby Ferguson, but did you guys have one coach that you can say, okay, that's the guy why I had the successful career I had? Oh, there's a few few managers yeah. that were that way. Yeah, thankfully, yeah. because you get other managers come in and they don't fancy you quite so much. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Who was yours, Jimmy? Was it one or a few? Uh, no, I had a couple of managers. That were, I mean, look, to be honest, I got, I got along with, with all my managers. Um, I think Joe Jordan was a big one. He was a big influence for, for me. Um, tough man. And yeah, really, really tough. Tough, tough man. And then I think uh, probably Paul Hart. Paul Hart was was brilliant with me as well. Great guy. Interesting. Jimmy was one of those guys. Jimmy was one of those players that was hard to have a go at because there was just something about him. Like you'd be yelling and you're so pissed off at Jimmy. And yet Jimmy will sit there with a face like this, this calming face on there that, Hey, it's okay. I'll be okay. 
<laughs> this little smile on my face, and you're just like, oh, fuck, Jimmy. I want to have a go at you, but you're, you are hard to have a go at. His eyes are kind of close together, though. His eyes are kind of close together. I would find it funny sometimes when people got really angry and started yelling at me because just their facial expressions a lot of the time, and I would start laughing or smile. Yeah. It actually made me actually more angry because they're like telling you off, like, Jimmy, tap that fucking get that ball forward. Fucking don't dwell on it. Fucking and then he's like laughing at you. And like, what are you fucking smiling at me? <laughs> hey, Jimmy, do like, me a favor. You got do this vein that just popped. <laughs> next time, next time Dubs gets angry at you, like probably the next podcast she's on, can you yeah. just laugh at her and do that? Like, demonstrate, oh, demonstrate yeah. to us what you just explained, but because Dubs always gets angry with you and be perfect. Yeah. Or maybe I'll bring up that vein that, that she has on her head that Wonger said was a marker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a horrible person. I just realized it. That's that's Dubs' tell, the vein popping in the yeah, forehead. The vein popping out. The, the <laughs> oh, one pissed. vein down there. Yeah. She's Give really pissed right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, isn't, isn't Wonger so charming? Eh? He's like, oh, what is that? Uh, how did you get that big scar on the side of your head? And she's like, what scar? <laughs> what scar? That's a vein. And now, the, and then she went to the bathroom to look at her face. <laughs> With such dicks, she sends us a picture on the dark web on the weekend. Uh, she's going out, nice out, outfit, and she—it's her own fault. She has the uh, temerity to ask us what we thought of it. It's, it's almost <laughs> audacious that she's asking us, yeah. like knowing who we are. She knows right. damn well what's going to happen. Yeah. We'll let her explain it maybe next time out. But it was uh, a white right. outfit. It was a white outfit, we have to yeah. say. Yeah. It looked a bit uniform-like. I thought, I thought she looked like the, the wife of the colonel from KFC. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also chicken. talked to her about her uh, her outfit on her last day at TSN. Thinking, what the hell were you wearing? Like, you saved your bas- best garment for last, didn't you? Fucking hell, what was she wearing? <laughs> she had a wife beater on. Dubs, you look great. I'm going to defend You're just you. missing that ketchup stain on it. <laughs> All right, let's move on quickly. You've got 15 minutes left here. West Ham, Craig. West Ham Ooh. rolling, smashing Brighton, a, a counterattack masterclass, as they say. In, in that first half against Brighton, they had 31 successful passes. That's the lowest in the Prem since 2006. Yet they win this yeah. one 3-1. Um, really impressive. I think they had like 22% possession, something like that, just sideways. And it created five really good chances in the match. Um, they've been doing that in a lot uh, when in games, even going into last year where they've been out-possessed. And yeah, you can play that type of style and you can be very effective with it, but... At the end of the day, uh, you know, when Eddie Howe was talking about Newcastle and that they want to be a top, top team, you cannot play that way. You can play it sometimes, but you, you, you really have to be a team that is brave and possesses the ball. The very top teams do this, right? So it will give West Ham some success to a certain level, and they're very good at it. But at the end of the day, I think to be a top, top team, you have to be able to possess the ball more. So, Craig, are you waiting for the other shoe to drop? Because <laughs> they're playing great, it looks like to me. Yeah, yeah, they're doing really, really well. It was, uh, But they got fortunate against Chelsea. They were outplayed and didn't see that result coming and the, the goals coming late, whatever. So, yeah, they'll, they'll take it, of course. But we need, West Ham need to be able to possess the ball. Mm. 
for long, longer stretches of time against the better teams. It's not going to work as well. Well, they just signed Mohamed Kudus for 38 million from Ajax, who's exciting as hell. Really great player. So uh, mm-hmm. that'll be, be yeah. interesting. Wongi, you're pointing towards your Oh, because Jimmy was talking and his microphone was off because he just walked away and came back again. Yeah, so. I'm back. No, I was gonna. I was agreeing with 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 Stacks because you're right. You know that works for a few games, but for a season, you can't you can't keep playing like that. Leicester did. They won a championship. You got to possess it. Yeah, you're totally right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. But at the end, I'm going to go go get a coffee. I'll be back. Yeah. (laughs) No, but that's why I say to be a top, top team. And they, you know, all the stars aligned and they managed to do it that season, but they haven't done it again, have they? Or nobody else done it. Now they're relegated and actually doing fairly well. And they won all four games in the championship. So good start for Leicester. Yeah, playing some kind of weird formation. I just saw the headline about that, but I haven't gone any deeper. Did you see Ed Deserby's comments? Uh, they asked him um, about Brighton's transfer policy and stuff. And, and all he said was, it's not my business. I want to think only of my job. My job is to be a coach, give organization and ideas. Simple, right? Just simple. Just coach. That's really the Italian way. Don't worry about who's coming in. Just just coach Jimmy. Um, do you think many coaches think the same way as, as Deserby or... Do they want more power and, and want to have more influence on who's being signed? I, I don't think it's more power. I think it's just that they want want to be able to say who who comes in or what type of player that they're looking for. Because if you do have a sporting director and he he, he sees a player different than you, um, then it makes it difficult at times. Because as a manager, you're on the pitch every single day. You're you're working with the players. You know the the character that you're looking for. You know the 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 type of player that you're looking for. And if you get some guy that's not on on the pitch every day, sees it, the chemistry in the dressing room, sees the type of players that you're working with. Um, sometimes it does become difficult where they just get a player, and all of a sudden now you're looking going, this guy can't fit into our system, or this guy's not going to fit into the dressing room. I mean, I've been through a situation like that where you're just getting players that are brought in. You're just going, these guys are not good enough. You know, there has to be that that conversation with the manager um, and with your sporting director. And, and you've got to work together to get the right players in that fits your system. Otherwise, it doesn't it does not work at all. And you will get coaches that will say, I'm just concentrating on coaching. But behind the scenes. If you're losing two or three players every year, you're like, geez, fucking hell, they keep selling players from underneath me yeah. here. You know, what what chance have I got? You know, a lot of a lot of the time too, a lot of the time too, when a manager says that, it goes, Look, I've got nothing to do with it. I just focus on on the players. Well, already he's pointing out that if any player comes in and fails, it's not on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But you're right though. I mean, how a sporting director doesn't at least talk to the manager about players coming in I, I just don't understand that it makes yeah. zero sense you may you may still you may still be the boss and decide who's coming in but you have to at least have an idea what your coach is hoping to implement tactically and accommodate those otherwise why have the guy in in in, in charge to begin with yeah um spurs beat bournemouth 2-0 james madison looks great once again um really great but man Ange postacoglu Craig seems to be the most popular man in North London right now. Um, the, the fans are singing, "We've got our Tottenham back." The way they're playing, just when he when he he's got that presence about him. When he speaks, he's mm-hmm. likable, but he's also a guy that you wouldn't mess with. What what a great 
I've heard, I think with this saying a thousand times last weekend, what a breath of fresh air to the Premier League Ange Postecoglou is. But he is. Yeah. Super likable guy, isn't he? And he seems at every press conference, he has a story of the day. <laughs> yeah, he's a great storyteller. Yeah, he really is. It's easy, though, when his team's playing well, right? And, and good for them. You know, obviously, we'll see how he is when, when things don't go right. At some point, they'll, they'll turn. But Spurs look really good right now. Madison uh, is vice captain, too. So Kane leaves and Sonny gets the captain's armband, which is great. But new player comes in, gets the, the vice captain straight away. It says a lot of things, doesn't it? But it looks like he is like that that player they've been missing since Christian Eriksen left. Mm-hmm. Got to give some credit to Bournemouth, though. I thought they played quite well. They, they they might have deserved something out of it, but it was clear that there was a difference in quality up top. They just Spurs looked as though they just had that little bit more to be able to find that goal, and Bournemouth weren't. But I thought Bournemouth actually played fairly well on the day. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the the Gary O'Neill. Not Gary O'Neill. It's uh, Iarola, isn't it? Iarola, who's who's now coaching what they call it chaos ball. They call it. But anyway, yeah, they've been pretty good so far, but still way down the table. Your Forest, Jimmy. Uh, oh, painful one. Three two to oh, United. Man. Late. Dream start, wasn't it? Unreal. Two nil after, after four minutes. After four minutes, I thought, here we go. The floodgates are open. But then it's it's funny because you, you've always got on the back of your mind as well where you're like, well, we are at Man U. We are at Old Trafford. <laughs> can can you hold on? And again, Charms, what do we always say about that 2-0 two, two scoreline? Most dangerous score in sports, Jimmy. Most dangerous. <laughs> and obviously for them to come back and, and win 3-2, it was uh, it was heartbreaking, but it was an absolute dream, dream start for Forrest. You see the lads after the game, you could see them, they were just devastated. Oh, they it. put in such a shift. And when you're in that position where you're almost you're thinking, oh, this could be a historic result, and it all falls apart, um, they end up losing. But yeah, I don't know what to say about that. It's just, you're just absolutely devastated when you're in that position. So, yeah. where like, I think Wong, you said it, like to lose 3 2, that's got to be the worst way to lose 3-2. If you come back from 3-0 and you make a 3-2 and you make a game of it, it's one way. You feel like you've taken something from it. But when you've lost, you're up 2-0 and you lose 3-2, it's... Uh, oh, that's a depressing bus ride home or air air ride home, eh? Because yeah. we were watching we're like, yes, this is awesome. Jimmy's texting us. We're all excited for him. And then I'm like, that is the worst way to, to lose 3-2. <laughs> like if you're, you know, 1-1, one, 2-1... One, Three one, and you get three two, and then you're challenging at the end. You're going home after that three two loss like that. Going, uh, this could ruin our ruin our year. Yeah, because it shows all the inadequacies, right? Yeah, I would assume. Yeah, City won uh, two one over the Blades. Harlan misses a penalty, but he he makes up for it. Nine goals and one assist now in his last eight away games. Rodri with a a late winner there as well. The Blades played really well. They're unfortunate. Uh, Everton still haven't scored. Lost to Wolves 1-0. Three losses, three shutouts for the first time ever for Everton. It's unbelievable. They had their chances as well. So many chances. Yeah, it's not looking good for Everton, is it? They're they're in trouble big time again. There's something in the universe against them, I think. Because if you watch that game, I don't know how they didn't score. They did score actually once, but it was offside. It's... Staggering what's happening there. I guess they're just snake bit right now. Yeah. Palace type bridge. Uh, sorry, Craig. 
they just want to finish 17th already. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Palace tied Brentford 1-1. Kevin Sharder, is that a goal for, for Brentford? Just a brilliant goal, weaving into the box. It was brilliant. Um, Arsenal tied Fulham 2-2. We mentioned that already. Uh, Burnley fell to Villa 3-1. Matty Cash with two goals for a wing back. Yeah. You don't see that very often. Hey, Villa, what a, after that result against Newcastle to bounce back like they have? Holy shit. I was worried about that because we expected more at Newcastle from Villa. And, well, I think we, we've seen it the last few games. That was a great playing. performance by Villa as well. They played they played great. Brilliant. They're playing Liverpool they next week. Absolutely dynamite football that they played. Chelsea beat Luton 3-0 on Friday, getting their first win of the season. Raheem Sterling's playing well. A couple of goals there. Looks like the old Raheem Sterling, which is good for them because he's the only guy that I recognize on Chelsea right now. The only guy is Raheem Sterling. It's crazy. <laughs> Looking at that 11 and then the bench. I mean, I've never seen such turnover in my life. I don't think anyone has. It's staggering. Yeah. You know, the only thing I think... Yeah, the only thing for Everton really is going to be their saving grace is that I can't see Luton, Burnley, and Sheffield United getting much this season. Especially Luton. Yeah, Burnley may may, may find a way, but I'm, I'm with you with Luton, yeah. I don't know what... They can't even play at home right now still. Yeah going to be behind the yeah. eight ball, so to speak, early on in this season. I have to say, though, if you're going to watch a highlight pack, which I did yesterday when I got home from the cottage with Craig, Everton, that Everton match, the keeping was sensational. It was, there were, I mean, there were saves upon saves. So <coughs> hit your YouTube, go to Fubo, watch that highlight pack if, you, if you're going to watch any highlight pack this week of the Prem. It was, it was a great, great highlight pack and great keeping. Uh, Kane scored two more for uh, for Bayern. They beat Augsburg three one. John David scored in a loss for for Lille against Lorient. TFC lost again. Thirty two no. shots for Colorado in that one. Uh, Michael Bradley playing at centre back, not his fault. But my God, they weren't good goals to concede overall. And that was anything new? Anything new on the Herdman watch? Tick tick tick. Do we have any any updates, or is it just? The, I think they the want word him. on I think the street. There's factions that the club there that really want him and would hire him tomorrow. But I think there's a lot of play there right now. It's crazy. Um, but they're still not the dead last in the league. Deafening. Yeah, it is deafening. Yeah. That's Michael Bradley's, by the way, 300th appearance for, for TFC, which is really something and something to be very proud of. It's too bad he's doing it in this current team, in this current season. Yeah. Uh, Vancouver beat Portland 3 2. Miami 1. And Sam Adekubi both getting the start in that one. Yeah. Ryan Gold, two more goals and an assist. Good signings. I'm telling you, those are really good signings. They are great signings. So they're right now, they're still, they're in the playoffs, but just about, it's it's tight, but Vancouver look good. Montreal won as well against New England 1-0. So so they're still in playoff contention. Miami beat Red Bull New York. Messi didn't start, comes off the bench, scores just a worldy of a goal from a yeah, positive rid- standpoint. Ridiculous. Just ridiculous. That, that ball that he plays, little one too, I was... Have you ever seen so many f- defenders get caught <laughs> just ball watching? Well, they, and it was like five of them pushed up, right? And they were just stood still. <laughs> All of and them. And he walks through them. Yeah. And then just plays that little pass with the outside of his boot and then darts in for a little tap. And I was like, Wow. 
That's one. That's one of those goals where you watch that. Even even the home fans were, were clapping. They were like, "Wow, <laughs> what a brilliant goal that was!" It just was amazing. So there, I think they're eleven points out with eleven left. Yeah, yeah. It's not happening. Oh, are they? They're still second favorite to win it all. I think. You know, we'll look at Tony Bet in the next show and see where where the odds are um, for them. They were looking really good. Obviously, I think they were second favorites to to win the damn thing yeah. prior to this weekend. I want them um, to make but, it. I want them to make the playoffs. I want to see what they can do. It'd be amazing. Yeah. I'd love it too. I just think 11 points is not so much they could win all their games as what the other teams do as well, right? There's a lot of teams between them and the playoffs who have to also lose consistently, which that's the problem. You imagine they win it. They win the treble first year. <laughs> After being last. After being last place, win the league, US Open yeah. Cup, then the League's Cup. <laughs> and then what? Messi? Then what? Yeah. Then he leaves. Yeah, probably. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Who, by the yeah. way, if Mancini now is their national team head coach. <laughs> 50 million. Uh, what is it? 50 million. 25 million, million pounds. Euros. So 25 million euros, I think it is. Oh, okay. Um, a so year. that's 40 million Canadian per year. Yeah. He, he said, hmm. he says that he's just really excited about Saudi Arabian soccer. And that's the way he went there. Yeah. Oh, God. Why yeah. Why that's the reason. He probably got two million to say that. Yeah, probably <laughs> another two million. He said he's, he's looking forward to spreading the Italian culture around the world. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> Just say it. Twenty-five million euros. Fair enough. Good on you, mate. Now I get it. <laughs> Just say that. It's quite all right. <laughs> Buy you your gold toilet. Buy your gold toilet and fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, listen, I've got a jam, but very quickly, our parlay. Um, <laughs> man, at this point, we're just going to freaking throw Creek in, Creek in the ground. Yeah. Without anything. We're, we're thinking uh, cre- cre- cremation now, right? I think that's what's <laughs> going to so, happen. Yeah. <laughs> so we had... Uh, who had yeah, we can uh, afford an urn. Who had West Ham to beat Brighton? Who had that? No one, because no. we had Brighton to win that one. Um, we had, No, Jimmy had Brighton to win that one. Oh, did He's he? got was, West Ham wrong twice. Yeah. Who had Spurs to beat? I gotta, I gotta stop that, don't I? <laughs> yep. We won Spurs beating Bournemouth. Who was that? That was JC. It's Spurs. He That's just keeps saying was. Spurs. Yep. Yes. We had uh, Chelsea to beat Luton. That was you, Wonger. Yep. Uh, Jimmy had um, Atletico to beat Forge. It was nil nil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Craig, you had Arsenal, right? Yeah. Arsenal Fulham. Yeah. And it's a draw, obviously. I had into Miami to beat New York. That was right. So we got uh we got three out of six. <laughs> Jeez, that's not great. It's not great. Uh Jimmy Jimmy actually threw CPL. You wanted to cover yeah. some matches in CPL, Jimmy. Give us your uh review. Yeah. So I've got a jam now, boys. Are you okay, okay continuing this and finishing up for me? Sure. Uh, can you just one thing? Can you just please let Jimmy sign off? Because he did such a great job last time. I thought Absolutely. Great energy. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. See you, boys. We'll chat later. We'll chat later. Maybe I'll see you. You maybe. Bye. Yep. So C- CPL this weekend. York York United had a good result over uh, over Vancouver. Vancouver at home. Went in two one. Vancouver went up first and then eleventh minute. Um, but York United second half came back and won that match. Halifax Wanderers beat Valor three 0 at home. Again, in a 
terrible, rainy, soggy pitch out in Halifax, but it was a good result for them. They needed that. Atletico Ottawa and Forge were nil-nil. Good match. And then yesterday was a match of the week. Calvary playing Pacific, and there was a controversial penalty in the second half that Calvary were rewarded, and they scored and ended up winning 1-0, which actually put them top of the table. So it's actually really interesting, this the race right now, where you got Calvary at the top of the table with 36 points, and then from second all the way down to fifth, which is Pacific, Atletico, Halifax, and Forge, all on 32 points. So and York goal. United, and York three United. points out. So York United, three yeah. points out. So, and there's, and I, I think we talked about it before, but it's the, uh, is it the first season that they're doing top five, one and two play each other, one goes straight to the final, and That's then, right. and then the other ones play off for that final, that final from two to five, correct? That's right. Yeah. That's, I, yeah. I like that. That's like that curling kind of play right where they do yeah. the one and two three and like those those teams play i yeah. like that for an overall season i think it's fair if you're gonna pick a win- winner right now jimmy would you take uh calvary's they're looking good right now they got a good squad deep squad they're they're the team for me at the moment mm. awesome well we're gonna sign off now so we're gonna say fubotv.com slash footy prime for all of your in-game and out-of-game entertainment, Tony Bet, Subscribe to Footy Prime on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and like and follow us on Twitter X. Jimmy, what do you have to say? Thanks for listening. Keep tuning in and keep buying newspapers. Follow us on Twitter at Footy underscore Prime and on Instagram at Footy Prime IG. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. That was great. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.